Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA, easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor vs. Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Been a good week. There was a little break from hockey, you know, with the transition to, you know, the finals. Uh, and because of that, in the time of year, there's lots of, you know, other stuff going on in the hockey world, some of which relates to the Panthers. Uh, so I think we'll just, we'll just get in talk about that on this on this week's episode. And started all off with a brand new assistant coach coming down to Sunrise in Tumo Rutu, who we both remember playing back in the day. In, back in our day, which was like the 2000s. Uh, so not very old, but uh, what are your thoughts on the hire? I, interesting hire. I, I, I like it. Um, you're bringing in like Finnish expertise and you have a strong Finnish pipeline. It makes sense. And I think it's such a good decision with like uh, already having like Barkov there, but a lot of young Finnish guys, I'm thinking like, Heponiemi, Lindell, um, and, and I know I'm forgetting a few, Louis Dorinen, and uh, so on. So I think it's a I think it's a good move. I like it. I think it's smart and should should pay dividends. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like he's not qualified either. Like he's he's been an assistant coach for a while. He's coached uh, the World Juniors with Team Finland. Uh, he knows a lot of the the Finnish players the Panthers have. Uh, I really like the move. I mean, I don't, I don't have a great idea of what he brings from a, a coaching standpoint exactly. Right, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, uh, you know, how they how they coach and how plays work on the ice. But um, yeah, I like bringing in, you know, a guy who's 
he's, he played in the league for, for a while. He speaks the language. He's familiar with the players. Um, I think it's a really smart hire for the team. And uh, I think a big thing too, though, like we were talking about in all the Finnish players that the Panthers have. And one thing we've seen with uh, some of the European players that have come over in the last few years, in particular, some of the Finnish players like uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, like Patrick Laine is there's, and Capo Caco is that it's a, it's a big adjustment coming to North America uh, and, you know, English and the language barrier can often, you know, hinder things. So I think just having like that level of familiarity with some of the younger guys coming in, I think that's huge. Just, just having someone behind the bench, who can translate things. Uh, so they understand what they need to do. Uh, I think, I think that's, that's the number one thing for me with this hire. So I really like it. And I was a big fan of Tuma Rutu as a player. So you exactly know, even yeah better. i mean and i think that having someone on the a veteran presence like him that has done the transition firsthand i like 20 years ago now but still like he had to make that adjustment so i i think that his advice and his insight is going to be inv- like invaluable for for those those players and i think they're going to benefit so much from it yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet. I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I think it'll be. I think it's a really good hire for the team. Um, lots of actually lots of other news going on with the Panthers this week, uh, surprisingly. But uh, one of the other things, obviously, um, they were talking about you know Gary Batman and other NHL people doing all their media and stuff and talking about All Star games. Panthers were supposed to host the All Star game this year in Sunrise. The thought was that, you know, because that was canceled, that they would get it next year. That is not the case. Uh, it's going to be in Vegas next year. And so it looks like the Panthers at some point in the near future uh, will be hosting the game. But what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it was interesting. Uh, I assume it was the Panthers' decision not to host in 2022. Like, because I would assume that the NHL would – kind of honor their the commitment. no I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was the league's decision to go to vegas next year i'm pretty sure because i'm pretty sure the panthers sent something out i yeah i mean i i i'm just curious to see if the nhl consulted with florida before and said my 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 assumption is that either if if the nhl didn't make the decision they said listen we're going to go to vegas 2022 but you're going to be, you're mean coming up in the near future. And I think that's exactly the, the, the expectation. I would be shocked if we didn't see the all-star game in Florida in the next three seasons. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it will, like, it's going to end up coming to Florida eventually. Uh, I think the assumption for a lot of people is that it would be next year, but uh, it won't be, which I think, I think it's really too bad. Cause I think, you know, after the season that just happened, uh, you know, for the Panthers, like, there's so much excitement around the team. Like the, the fan base is revitalized. Like what a perfect opportunity to, to show off, you know, a city and a fan base and a team than to have, I mean, and it is just the all-star game. Like it's not like that like substantial an event, but to be able to show that off to the rest of the league, uh, I think would have been huge uh, just kind of building off the momentum of last season. And so that, that's a little bit unfortunate. I mean, like in Ve- Vegas is fun. Vegas is tons of fun, as you know, uh, but, you know, it would have been nice, but they'll, they'll get it soon. So it's not really, you know, too upsetting. Yeah, I mean, there's no – I either, 
I'm not worried. I, I really think that they'll get there. I, yeah, I, I would assume there's an unwritten agreement between the NHL and Florida at this point, but who knows? Yeah, like the, the Panthers uh, tweeted out a statement from uh, Matthew Caldwell, president and CEO, saying that they were confident the All-Star Weekend would come to South Florida in the near future and that they were excited basically just to, to show off, you know, the region uh, and everything putting together. Uh, the other thing, too, though, is they push it back. You know, it creates the opportunity to show off the new, uh, uh, the new uh, facility they're putting in the Memorial Auditorium. Uh, so, that, so that'll be kind of cool. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? Uh, but, yeah, we'll, 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 have to, we'll have to wait and, and see. But I, I imagine it at some point does come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say 2023, but it's just a guess. I get, like, there's no, it's not a founded guess or anything. Yeah, just, just throwing it out there. I guess 2023, yeah. like, uh, but yeah, one of the other things I wanted to mention too was that because uh, Gary Batman had his press conference, and there was obviously going to be a lot of focus on that because there's been a lot of stuff going on the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the things he did mention, which drew, uh, a, a large response from a lot of people was when he said that there is no problem with the officiating in the NHL and that their officials are not just the best officials in hockey, but the best officials in sport. Yeah. Um, uh, that's I just want to rethink that one, Gary. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Well, you know, you know, and it was really interesting because I found that, there was a lot of people that made some really interesting and I think valid points. Like uh, someone responded to that and they said, well, look at baseball, like look at Angel Hernandez, who's like widely regarded as like one of the worst officials in all of sports, right? Like their point was basically that there are bad officials in every sport, right? But then somebody pointed out that Angel Hernandez, he had a brutal game this year, like the worst like game in terms of calling balls and strikes. He was wrong. He was right 86% of the time, right? Which is very low for the for the MLB, right? Like that was a poorly officiated MLB game, 86% correct. If an NHL official got 86% of the calls right, they would unanimously be the most competent ref in the league. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You mentioned the MLB and the NBA does the post-game reports. Yeah. Yeah, because they'll put them out and be like, oh, there was a missed foul at the end. Yeah. Can you imagine if the NHL did that? Yeah. It would, it would be longer than the condensed game. Oh, yeah. It'd be unbelievable. Oh, we missed this slash. Oh, if that guy's bloody over there, I guess we missed a high stick. It would you know, be... and then they kind of they kind of fine in a weird way, I find. The fines? Yeah, it doesn't make any – like – I'm much happier with the fines than the officiating, but it's just, it's weird how the pattern of how they find players. I just, sometimes I'm like, does this really like deserve a fine? And then other times I'm like $5,000, that's it. Well, what's interesting too, and someone brought up like, cause there's a question of whether like, we know with suspensions, there's a repeat offender part of that, where if, you know, you do, something the same a similar incident in the short period of time you're going to get punished harder right and someone brought up that Shea Weber was fined for a slash on Nikita Kucherov in game one 
which was a slash, yes. Kucherov might have sold it a little bit. I think the guy's been watching a little too much of the Euros. Uh, but that was Shea Weber's second $5,000 fine in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it should definitely compound, at least in the same season or in the same playoffs. Yeah, like I'm not saying cause like, like you wouldn't give a suspension for that slash, but maybe increase the amount you're able to find them. Yeah. Instead of $5,000, which is like nothing to them. It, it really literally is not. And it'd be interesting if it was like a, uh, a fine that was based on a combination of how much you earn and based on like the, yeah, just based off of what you earn per game, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were fine, like a percentage of your salary, and then like guys like Shea Weber who earn like a lot of money would kind of hurt it a little more about it. Well, it was like I read a a while ago. I forget what country it is, but there's a country where they assess like speeding tickets based on your annual income. Yeah, that's uh, Scandinavia. It's well, yeah, I knew it was Scandinavia. Of course, it was. It's one. Of, it's Finland one of the- or Sweden. It's, it's one, one of the, of the two. I I know because there's like somebody got like a ridiculous like speeding ticket i'm sure it's finland or sweden i want to say sweden because i think lungfist got one but i'm not sure could be could be i i honestly don't know I was, that, that's just kind of what that made me think of like yeah, yeah. which is the same thing i think it's probably more effective uh but i don't know i drive the speed limit so point is it was absolutely embarrassing when gary bettman said that well yeah and then other people are pointing out they're like gary if you want to watch competent fishing like again like go look at the euros right now like their officiating has been very very good for that tournament yeah and they just var yeah. everything yeah well it's nice so they like they've they, i think the thing too though is soccer like because they var like and play continues like if there's a handball and i didn't see it they'll check for the handball while play is still going and then they'll just blow it dead and go back the the, the only thing is that you can't it's the penalties that's the issue right oh yeah it's not like it's it's not objective calls it's subjective calls that they're missing yeah and that's that's what's real frustrating is there like it's hard to find a fix for that yeah no it really is because the game happens so fast right that you're yeah, not and and, you don't and, want you don't want the refs to call absolutely everything that happens no and and it's tough because there's uh a lot of vagueness built into a lot of uh, certain calls uh, where it is kind of up to a person to decide if that, you know, is a slash. You know, if I just tap a guy on the shins, are you going to give me a slashing penalty? But 